Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, he's a very popular speaker and coach, and he calls himself the notorious sinner. His incredible journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. All right, we are all sinful creatures. Uh, it says so in the Bible, but I don't know anybody who describes himself as the notorious sinner. And that is my next guest. Travis Ayla is a very popular speaker and coach and you're in studio right now. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Well, we've got a video piece that we're going to show in a minute, but right now you're being called to speak around the, the globe on uh, on what? What is your topic these days? Uh, really just breakthrough transformation, right? So when you, when you think you have nothing to live for or you've uh, sacrificed it all, uh, a lot of people hit a wall and think there's, there's nothing left, right? So whether you want to call it rising from the ashes like a phoenix, whatever it may be, but uh, I've been through enough, I've uh, been on highs and lows and how to get out of that, how to push through that, um, how to find a purpose and get um, on the other side of it is usually where I spend most of my time talking to people. Sure. Well, I have to confess when I when I prepare this show, I'm going out to YouTube and I'm finding different videos and I saw a nine minute video, which is way too long to play on this show. And I thought to myself, okay, we'll play a couple minutes and I get to the two minute mark and I keep going and it's three minute mark. And so I want to show you five minutes because it's worth it. Let's go ahead and roll the tape. My name is Travis Ayla. I'm a warrior, father. I've been going to ELC now for about two years. When it comes to my journey, I mean, it, it really started growing up in a Mormon household. Growing up, my mom, she divorced several times and was always looking for a new father figure for me and put me into a corner of feeling like anything that I wanted in life, anything I wanted to be, like I had to be the, the pinnacle or I was an outcast. The byproduct of leading a life like that of forced me to seek that validation through accolades, achievements, accomplishments. So once I got out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps, uh, excelled there, again, making it about me and always seeking that next achievement, that next um, accolade, that next title. But I still had that void. It never went away. After the Marine Corps, I became a police officer out in Annapolis, Maryland. and put me right back into a great environment of being able to be a leader and go uh, pursue awards, accolades, officer of the year, detective of the year, things like that, because all I knew was what mattered to me. I was focused on who I was. I was involved in everything because I was the guy, right? And I wanted to be the guy. All these awards and accolades, I could call my shot around um, a tri-state area, but ultimately that came to a crash uh, in about 2015, I was involved in a traffic accident 
I was on my way home from the gym when I rear-ended another vehicle and that collision sent me in the air landing on that passenger vehicle and I remember distinctly having to jump out of this vehicle with the driver's side door on the ground so I'm standing on my driver's side door looking up in a smoking vehicle the only way out is to reach up over me lift this door and climb out of the car so I immediately go into what I am right first responder but that was the most gut-wrenching moment in my life to run up as a first responder to a vehicle that I had just um, impacted. I know I'm the only person there at the moment to have any impact on saving their lives, but I also know touching them can do them more harm. The best thing for me to do is to make the scene safe and clear for fire and rescue when they get there to stabilize them and let the true experts um, do their best to save their lives. And that moment right there was, and still is easily the most helpless moment of my life being my whole career has been centered around service and saving lives and taking care of the community. And I am the one person that can't do a single thing. I had to watch both victims get life lighted out while I sat there completely unscratched. Um, and fire at about a midway point came rushing over to the vehicle that I was in. And they're panicking, asking who's in this vehicle. We got to find the driver of this vehicle, uh, to which I raised my hand up. I was driving that vehicle. They're looking at me in complete disbelief. Like there's no way there's zero chance to survive this accident. Who was in the car? You were the first responder. You're the first person on scene. We know that, but who's in the car? It's like, I was driving the car. And they pause and they look at me and I'll never forget this moment. One of them looks at me, he's like, man, you got a car hit an angel. There's, there's no chance that you should be alive, much less just standing here telling us about this accident. And keep in mind, I was as far from God as possible at this moment. And um, they life flighted these uh, victims out and they passed away at the hospital. And I walked away from an accident completely unharmed where three people lost their lives. And I, I spent the next year of my life questioning everything. What, like, what was my purpose? What, why am I here? Why, why me? Why not them? Um, I succumbed myself to all the media, all the comments in social media, the newspapers, the news articles. I was all over, uh, social media as a murderer, as uh, you know, a bad cop, you name it. And I, I forced myself to read and watch all of that. Um, I went to a very deep and dark place, but something that kept ringing through over that year was about a half a dozen people over that timeline told me, man, something, God's got plans for you. You had angels watching over you. All these comments about this and God, and it really made me reevaluate who I was and start focusing on whose I was. So Travis, I was watching it this morning at home and I was tearing up. I was tearing up f like for you, just what I can't even imagine the hell that you went through. That could have caused a lot of people to go into a 
super downward spiral that they could never get out of. What, what brought you out of that? <clears throat> um, God, at the end of the day, um, I was fortunate enough to do some hard things and be in some different environments between, you know, Marine Corps and SWAT and everything that takes a certain mindset, right, <clears throat> to be in those things. But uh, and that slowed my progression down in that spiral, as you say, enough, I think, to be able to be um, open to receiving God at the time that I eventually did. But just what, what strikes me about you, and I made this comment to you right before the show, is that, I mean, you're solid like a rock. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a man's man. I mean, Marine SWAT team, uh, you, you probably went from this macho man guy who was, uh, in, in, you know, uh, could not be defeated to just in ruins. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking on stage or coaching somebody, I, mean, I have to believe that you're extremely relatable. I mean, everybody's broken in some form or fashion. Uh, what are some of the things that you're connecting with your audience on? I mean, do they, do they resonate with your story? Do you tell this every time? Yeah, uh, I tell it every time I get an opportunity, um, not just for me, but for the victims of the accident as well, Rick. Um, the, I would say the vast majority of the time the story gets told if they don't already know. Uh, but the, the relatability becomes the struggle of, of really any of it. Um, it it's, a lot, it's a testimony that allows me to really meet anybody where they're at. Um, and what, when you can open up in such a fashion with things that you've had happen to you and, and valleys that you've been in, uh, it gives people permission to do the same. Yes. Right. And uh, when you can go from that valley to a peak, it gives people possibility as well. Um, that's what I had uh, given to me over my lifetime and multiple opportunities. And that's my favorite place to be right now is uh, digging deep with people while they're in their valley and letting them know that there is possibility. Like there, there is no valley without a peak and there's no peak without a valley. Right. But when we're in those peaks, like um, it's great. But there's a valley that comes after it and before it, and uh, they're not so great. And they have the ability to really strip us of everything we think we have. That's all. That can be a hard spot to be alone. And I can imagine that you would help uh, people put it in perspective because everybody's valley is different. For some, it's loss of a loved one. It's a divorce. It's a loss of a job. I guess when people hear your story, they're saying to themselves, wow, yeah, uh, that they're blessed. Um, let's talk a little bit about guardian angels because that was that, that played heavily in that piece. I mean, do you yeah. believe that God saved you for a reason? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I believe anybody that wakes up every day, as my pastor says, uh, you know, God's got plans for your life today, and uh, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, my daughter says it to me daily. Uh, it's definitely something uh, that I believe. If if you had nothing to achieve left, God would call you home, right? So every day that you're here means he's got a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life and you've got stuff to get done. Mm-hmm. You mentioned your daughter and we've got some pictures that we took off of your Facebook. Let's go ahead and uh, show a few of these pictures. Um, t- tell us more about her. Um, man, I'll try and make me cry. <laughs> How old is she? Um, she just turned seven. Uh, beautiful young, young lady. Yeah, she's, she's great. She is uh, her daddy's daughter for sure. 
her mom as well. She's, she's about as perfect a combination as they get. Um, and we have a great co-parenting relationship, so that's been helpful. Um, and she is smarter than most, um, probably definitely smarter than me when I was that age. Uh, and I have to have to be careful because she picks up on negotiations and people's skills <laughs> and whatnot pretty, pretty fast, pretty easy. So um, I find myself now and then having a conversation with her and saying yes to something like, oh, that completely just got worked. <laughs> um, she's bilingual, oh, uh, wow. so she's, a, she's dual citizenship too. So she's um, a citizen here in Costa Rica, her mom's uh, yeah. Central American Indian. So uh, we've, I, I've, I've felt important to equip her with everything that we possibly could as early as possible. So she was in a bilingual Montessori at two. Wow. Um, and she's between that and keeping her in every social environment possible, every podcast that I can, every, uh, speaking engagement, you name it. Uh, she's, she's a butterfly for sure. What are some of the things you want your, your daughter to, I mean, every, every daughter is kind of looking up at dad, um, and, and learning lessons, even if the father's not saying it, what are some lessons that you want your daughter to pick up from the life you've lived so far? Um, <clears throat> just knowing who you are, right? Um, I think something I definitely want to instill in my daughter that I feel like our society doesn't do a great job at is there's a big difference between being strong and being independent. Uh, and independent is not where it's at. Being a strong woman uh, that can support and really be a great partner to a husband and a family uh, is, is really, that's what God's called us. Um, that's, that's what he's got for her. That's something I'd throw out there. But um, one thing I, I, I've known growing up and uh, she knows as well is, is how strong and capable we can allow ourselves to be. Uh, but one differentiator that, that I grew up with that I don't want her to have and, and I communicate with her regularly is uh, the whole conversation and way I led my life was, you know, if, if it's to be, it's up to me, which it is ultimately our decisions and, and our drive and our disciplines and our focuses. Uh, but we don't, we don't have to do it alone, right? We've got God, we've, we've got our own family of choice, we've got our own family of origin, and we get to decide those things. Um, and asking for help is not a bad thing. And mm -hmm. it's a hard thing, um, for a lot of people, but trying to go through life by yourself and doing everything for you and and leaning only on you is uh, just a, a recipe for disaster at the end of the day. Yes, so we've, we've got a couple minutes left, so I want you to sure. kind of speak to that uh, person who's watching this right now who is saying to themselves, wow, I, I think I just found my coach. I found somebody who, who gets me. Uh, what do you want to say to that person? Um, I mean, the, the great thing about having a coach is, is knowing that there, we're, we're, we're here to help you be your best, right? So my pastor puts it a certain way, don't let good be robber of your best. And you, you can only see your good to a certain level. It takes a third party and an outside perspective to really help hold you accountable um, to what your best and highest uses are and really how hard you're pushing yourself because we, we negotiate with ourselves a lot, right? Uh, and you'll hold yourself back. So choosing a coach is important uh, because holding you accountable is important and we don't hold ourselves accountable to the highest standard even somebody like myself who likes to think we do or that i do i've got five or six coaches that i see regularly throughout the month because i want to be somewhere else and if i if i don't have somebody to help identify blind spots 
I'm not going to be able to really be at my optimum. So something important, whether you choose me, whether you choose, it doesn't matter. Uh, choose somebody that's not going to tell you what you want to hear. We're in a, we're in a culture and environment nowadays that, you know, sugarcoating things and telling you what you want to hear and uh, giving you all the reasons to negotiate and excuse yourself are the norm. And that keeps everybody in the state of average, right? So I, I, I'm that guy, my friends know, I'm gonna burn the bridge. I'll, I'm willing to burn the relationship, just to be honest, and, and tell you what you need to hear. I'm the same with my clients, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I try to come off pretty approachable and easy to talk to because the exterior scares a lot of people away. Um, my clients very quickly find out I'm not that way from a coaching <laughs> session. I'm very quick to be like, cool. That's an excuse. Move on. So let's get to this. Let's get to that. But I've, I've been there, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, I'll spend 45 minutes of an hour call just be like, cool. We ready to move on to uh, the truth or you want to keep negotiating with yourself, right? So uh, re really, if you're going to push yourself, you need somebody yes. to uh, be along with you, point out your your flaws, point out your um, your hurdles, and find somebody that's that's been lower than you've been and has no problem talking about it. Mm. That's why I run into the moniker that I do. Like I just put it all out there. Wow, what an inspiring segment. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. We're gonna end with his website, which is travisala.com. Uh, Travis, thanks again for sharing your journey. No, absolutely, thanks, Chef. Appreciate okay. it. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.